section three of a picture book of merry tales by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain section three chapters eleven through fifteen chapter eleven how owlglass sells an old hat for more than its weight in gold owlglass having determined to give himself a few days rest put up at an inn where he had noticed that the landlady was a very lively intelligent woman for he thought that if an opportunity for a good piece of mischief occurred she would be quite ready to second him he remarked that amongst the daily visitors there were two particularly stupid who just on that account thought themselves superior to the rest and gave themselves considerable airs owlglass could not resist the temptation to play these a trick and having taken the landlady into his confidence he invited them to sup with him he told them many curious stories and adventures and after he had prepared their minds to take in anything however wonderful he took down his hat which was hanging against the wall and which happened to be a very old one saying you will scarcely believe that this hat is worth fifty times its weight in gold but the fact is it has the extraordinary power of making any one to whom i owe money believe i have paid them when i hold it in a particular manner fools as his guests were this was more than they could believe but owlglass engaged to give them proof of it that very moment and that they should see the landlady would say she was paid he rang the bell and when the landlady appeared he asked her how much he owed her for the supper and she said five shillings whereupon he continued holding his hat in a peculiar manner on the tips of his fingers have i not paid you for the supper to which she answered yes adding that she was very much obliged to him at this they marvelled and when he said he was willing to sell it for fifty pounds there was a dispute between them which should buy it when it was at length agreed they should buy it between them when owlglass received the money he made his accomplice a handsome present and went on his way leaving the purchasers to try the virtue of the hat chapter twelve how owlglass by means of a false confession cheated the priest of riesenberg out of his horse and how he steals another priest's snuff-box after this adventure owlglass went to riesenberg where he lodged with the priest whom he knew having been there several times before this priest had a very pretty maid-servant and a beautiful little horse which horse the duke of brunswick much wished to have and offered a considerable sum of money for its possession but though the offer was often repeated the priest as often refused for he was scarcely less fond of his horse than of his maid owlglass having heard this and soon after hearing that the duke was in the town went to him and said what will your highness give me if i get you the priest's horse if you can do that the duke answered i will give you the coat i now have on now this coat was of scarlet velvet ornamented with pearls after this owlglass pretended to be ill and taking to his bed moaned and sighed so piteously that both the priest and his maid were much grieved and knew not what to do as he daily seemed to grow worse the priest admonished him to confess as he had many sins to answer for 
Owlglass answered that he was anxious to confess himself, for though he did not feel guilty of any grievous sin, yet there was one which weighed heavily on his mind, but that he could not confess to him, and therefore earnestly begged he would fetch him another priest. When the priest heard this, there seemed something strange in it, and his curiosity being strongly excited, he said, Dear Owlglass, I should have to go a long way for another confessor, and if in the meantime you should die unabsolved, we should both have much to answer for. Therefore speak, my son, and your sin shall be forgiven you. Be it so, then, Owlglass said, but my sin is not so great as that I fear offending you, for it concerns you this excited the priest's curiosity still more and he said speak without hesitation for i forgive you beforehand besides my anger need not matter for i dare not divulge your confession oh my dear good friend owlglass answered i know i shall much anger and offend you but since i feel that my end is near i will no longer delay i grieve to say that i have kissed your maid more than once the priest inquired how often that had happened, and being told five times, he hastily absolved his penitent, and going out called his servant to him. He accused her of having allowed herself to be kissed by Owlglass, and though she denied it, he took a stick and beat her till she was black and blue. Owlglass laughed when he heard the maid cry, and thought to himself, now the business is settled, so after remaining in bed one more day and night, he got up, declaring himself to be quite well. After settling with his host for his board and lodging, he said, I am now going to Halberstadt to the bishop to denounce you for having divulged the secrets of the confessional. The poor priest, who a moment before had felt quite happy at the prospect of getting rid of so dangerous a visitor, was now taken quite aback when he saw ruin staring him in the face and he begged most earnestly that he would not betray him for it was in anger he added that he would give him twenty pounds to purchase his secrecy but owlglass declared that he would not take fifty thereupon the priest begged his maid to intercede and ascertain what owlglass would accept and he after making much difficulty said he would not take anything but the priest's horse now the priest would rather have parted with anything than his horse but there was no help for it so he gave him the animal owlglass mounted the horse and rode off to wolfenbuttel where he found the duke standing on the bridge as he came near the duke took off his coat saying you see owlglass that as you have performed your part of the agreement i am ready to perform mine there take the coat i promised you owlglass then had to relate by what means he obtained the horse from the priest at which the duke laughed heartily and besides the coat gave him another horse this was not the only priest whom owlglass tricked as you shall hear whilst staying in the house where the adventure just told you occurred he had become acquainted with a priest who came there several times and there were two things he did not fail to note firstly this priest was very heavy with sleep every day after dinner so that it seemed impossible to him to keep his eyes open 
and secondly he had a handsome silver snuff-box which it was his habit to lay down by his side after taking a pinch from it he lived in a town at no great distance from riesenburg and thither owlglass went to stay a day or two the very first opportunity he had choosing the time when he knew the priest had dined he went to the confessional and by means of a rambling story soon sent his friend asleep his snuff-box lying by his side as usual owlglass then put the box in his own pocket and having waked the priest said there is one thing weighs very heavily on my mind for i have committed the mean crime of theft and i must beg of you to accept the stolen article this the priest refused to do advising him to restore it to its real owner but owlglass said he refuses to accept it under those circumstances keep it my son and i give you full absolution for having committed the great sin of stealing owlglass then took the box out of his pocket saying this is the box and it was from you i stole it when urged by remorse i wish to make restoration but you refused to accept it giving me full absolution after this he left the confessional and shortly after the town chapter thirteen how a bootmaker of brunswick larded owlglass's boots and how he was paid for doing so the weather having turned wet owlglass thought it well to have his boots greased that his feet might be kept dry during his frequent wanderings so going to a bootmaker of the name of christopher in the market-place of brunswick he gave him the boots and said let these be well larded and have them ready by to-morrow morning when he had left the shop the bootmaker's foreman said master that is owlglass who plays every one some ugly trick or another so be very careful what you do or your turn will have come the master asked what did he tell us to do he told you to lard his boots meaning to grease them the foreman answered and if i were you i would act up to the letter of what he said i should not grease them but lard them as one lards meat well we will do as he bids us the master said and cutting up a piece of bacon into small strips he larded the boots as if they were a joint of meat owlglass called the following morning to ask whether the boots were ready and the bootmaker pointing to them as they hung against the wall answered yes there they are owlglass seeing his boots thus larded burst out laughing and said now you are the sort of tradesman i like for you have conscientiously done as i ordered how much do i owe you a shilling was the answer as he paid the money owlglass said you are much too moderate in your charges but i shall not consider that with one miserable shilling i have paid you rest assured my good friend that i will not forget you then taking his boots he departed the master and his foreman looking after him said he is the last man to whom such a thing should have happened and as they talked it over they chuckled that the trickster in his turn had been tricked their merriment however was of but short duration for suddenly owlglass's head and shoulders appeared through the shop window the glass flying in all directions about the place pray my friend he said have the goodness to tell me whether my boots are larded with sows or boar's bacon when the bootmaker had recovered a little from his surprise he exclaimed 
Get out of that, you scoundrel, or you will have my last at your head. Do not be angry, my good sir, Owlglass said, for I only wish to know what bacon that is with which you have larded my boots, whether it is from a boar or a sow. The bootmaker's rage increased, and he abused him in the vilest terms for breaking his window. But Owlglass said coolly, if you will not tell me what bacon it is, I must go and ask someone else, and drawing back his head and shoulders, contriving at the same time to break the windows still further, he disappeared. Then the bootmaker was in a rage with his man, and said, You gave me advice before, now advise me what I am to do to make my window whole again. Pack yourself off at once, and the wages due to you I shall apply to repairing the mischief your wisdom has caused. CHAPTER Fourteen: HOW Owlglass HIRES HIMSELF TO A TAILOR, AND HOW WELL HE EXECUTES HIS MASTER'S ORDERS. When Owlglass found his pockets empty, he hired himself to a tailor, who said to him, So neatly, so that no one can see it, as a good workman should do. So Owlglass took a needle and some pieces of cloth, and having crept under the cutting-board, with his face turned to the wall, he laid the work across his knees and began to sew in the dark. When the master beheld this proceeding, he said, "'What are you doing there, my man? That is a most extraordinary way of working.' Owlglass answered, "'Master, you told me to work so that no one could see it, and as you yourself cannot see what I am doing, so can no one else see my work, and therefore I am strictly executing your orders.' The tailor, who was a quiet, easy man, then said, "'That is not what I meant.' come out there and sew it in such manner that every one may see how fine your work is thus they went on for a matter of three days when one evening the tailor feeling sleepy threw a half-finished rough peasant's coat over to owlglass and said there make up that wolf for me and then you can go to bed as i am now going to do you must know that that particular sort of coat was called a wolf as soon as the tailor had left the workshop, Owlglass cut up the coat, and with the pieces first made the head and then the body and legs of a wolf. He stood it up by means of sticks, and then went to bed. When, on the following morning, the master went into the shop, he started back in a fright, but Owlglass, just then coming in, he saw how it was, and said, "'What have you been doing here?' Owlglass answered, I have made a wolf, as you bid me. And the tailor, saying that he did not mean a wolf of that sort, but the peasant's rough coat, he continued, My dear master, I wish I had understood your meaning, for I would rather have made a coat than a wolf. With this the master was satisfied, and they went on comfortably together for three or four days more, when one evening he again felt sleepy but thinking it too early for his man to go to bed, he gave him a coat which was finished all but putting in the sleeves, and said, Whip the sleeves to this coat, and then you can go to rest. Owlglass hung the coat up on a hook, and having laid his sleeves near it, he lighted two candles, and with a whip he then made, whipped the sleeves all through the night. When the tailor came in in the morning, he exclaimed, what tomfoolery is this it is no tomfoolery owlglass answered i have done as you told me 
but though i have stood here all night whipping the sleeves i could not get them to stick to the coat it would have been better you had let me go to bed than make me waste my time in this way it is not my fault the tailor said how could i know you understood it this way when i meant you to sew the sleeves into the coat owlglass answered i wish you would not say one thing when you mean another but now you may do the work for i must go to bed this the tailor would no way agree to so they quarrelled and owlglass leaving him went his way chapter fifteen how owlglass caused three tailors to fall from their work-board and persuaded the people that the wind had blown them down owlglass took a lodging at bamberg near the market-place where he remained about a fortnight and next door to him there lived a tailor who had three workmen these men sat on a board supported by four posts outside the window and they laughed at owlglass and threw pieces of rag or cloth at him whenever he passed owlglass bore it all in silence biding his time to pay them back with interest and this he determined should be on a fair day when the market-place would be full of people the night before the day of the fair he had sawed the posts nearly through which supported the board on which the three tailors sat and in the morning they placed the board on them as usual seated themselves on it and began their sewing now when the swineherd blew his horn all the people let out their pigs and the tailor's pigs also came out of his house and went as owlglass well knew they would under the board rubbing themselves against the posts which giving way the three journeymen tailors were thrown into the gutter owlglass who had been on the watch now cried out see how light three tailors are for a gust of wind has blown them all at once into the street as if they were but three feathers how easily a tailor can fly and this he cried so loud that he could be heard all over the market-place all the people came running to the spot to see the fun and mocked and laughed at the poor tailors who knew not what to do for very shame they could not tell how it was their board fell but they found out at last and guessed that it was owlglass who had played them that trick they put up fresh posts but did not again venture to make game of owlglass end of section three